Welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. On this podcast, we'll explore what it means to be a compassionate and empathetic leader in today's fast-paced business world. With our combined experience and insights, we'll guide you through the ups and downs of leading with heart, all while keeping your job intact. Join us for thought-provoking discussions and actionable advice on how to be a humane leader and succeed in your career. It's time to elevate your leadership game and make a difference in the world one episode at a time. I'm Chris Solerking, a technical IT leader from a large Fortune 100 company, along with Roberto Torres, an experienced startup engineering leader. And today we'll be discussing building trust with employees. How you doing, Roberto? Hi, Chris. I'm doing awesome. Thank you. How about you? Uh, it's been wonderful here in Tennessee. It is a uh, beautiful day as usual. Awesome. Cool. So what's one of the things that you like to start off with in building trust with employees, specifically maybe new employees? Well, uh, I, I think uh, that uh, with the new employees uh, we, uh, are that communication has to be really clear because new employees doesn't know neither the company nor the superior nor the manager and doesn't know maybe how to interact, maybe. Because I'm thinking more of someone who might be an intern, you know, someone who hasn't been in uh, working uh, for, maybe has worked for a little time and maybe doesn't know. So I think the best way to approach someone, in this case, a new employee, might be a, a full, clear, start, clear communication with them, that would that would allow so uh, these people to fully understand that they should they will have uh, maybe uh, or not all the stuff uh, bluntly, but they will feel comfortable talking with with their uh, manager. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think it, it especially those early days. First impressions are always really critical on both sides of the discussion, right? As the new employee, they need to feel comfortable uh, communicating with you and you need to feel, give them a sense that you feel their um, newness, you feel their awkwardness. And maybe you're like you said, maybe they haven't worked in a corporate environment or in a small business startup environment and they're not sure which styles of communication are best you know and generationally it can be very different in new environments like a lot of young people like a lot of texts as a more senior person i'm i don't do as many texts <laughs> so definitely try and ad adapt your style you know to the to the new person whether they're new to your company or new into the workforce or you know uh, just trying to fit into the new culture that you have. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I will I will go uh, I will ask you something. Okay, that that is with the first with the new employees. But how about employees who have been with you? I don't know one year, two year. Do they, do you stop building trust, or do you continue continue uh, building it? Yeah, my, my experience is that, you know, where I've worked certainly with very long term, even much longer than that, it's trust is a continual thing. It's one of those things where if you fail them in trust once, it's 
going to take you a real long time to rebuild it. So you, it's really something you're you're continuously building on, primarily through being as honest as you can when you can. If they're asking you questions, you know, maybe it's about a secret, it's a merger or an acquisition or a divestiture, and you're contractually bound that you can't tell them anything. Well, what can you tell them? Because you have to communicate something. To, you know, I always found that bosses who didn't have my trust, or, or, or maybe not even my boss, but peers that where I didn't have their trust was, they would actually make up a lie about what's going on. No, no, there's no acquisition. Well, they're they're out there with surveyors measuring the edge of the building. You know, they're not putting in a new sidewalk. You know, that's not what's going on. Um, you know, you say something like, look, there, there's always secrets that I can't tell you. I, I can't say anything whether we are or not doing an acquisition, but the company's always looking for, you know, new companies that might fit in. We're also always looking for divisions maybe that it don't fit into our portfolio anymore. So it's time to uh, move on and sell them off. It's a continually uh, open dialogue with people. And, and they if they've known you for at least a year or two, they know as a boss or as a leader, uh, you're going to have secrets that you just can't tell them. You can't. And if you've been open and you've had that conversation a year before, uh, you know, the surveyors are out measuring property lines or there's executives walking around in suits making notes as they're walking through buildings, um, that they'll realize that they can trust the communication that you give them versus the very first time you have to tell them you can't say anything, then they're going to be suspicious of you for the rest of their careers. Because once you screw it up, it's really hard to recover. Yeah, indeed. And one thing that, that you mentioned that I think it is the foundation of building trust, it is having a dialogue with, uh, with you, uh, two people, yourself and someone else, that could be many. Because in the end, it will, you will require to have the same from your uh, superior, from your manager. And, and, and this dialogue could be as open as you could talk to, you mentioned before, there are some things that I cannot tell you, there are some things that, but you're open to discuss because today is really different from 23 years ago. Back in 2000, there were, there were no social networks, uh, our communication weren't as easy as to text, you know, with your mobile phone or yep. some kind of stuff. I remember, I think there was a messenger tool from uh, Microsoft, but besides that, <coughs> it wasn't as easy as it is today. And people will find out what is going on. So Abs it, absolutely. So it's it's better for for you to tell them these are my boundaries. I cannot go beyond them. So what I can tell you is this. And and with that. I think it's not only the thing regarding uh, acquisition. Maybe it is something uh, regarding a promotion. Maybe two people are looking for a specific promotion, are competing against each other, and they, they will say, hey, am, am I going to be the one who's going to have the promotion or not? And maybe uh, building trust, you might have Instead of talking with the what one or the other one, you could say, okay, I, I will bring both of these guys and tell them, okay, I have these boundaries. And we're doing this kind of evaluation. I would say what you got to each one, uh, uh, 
what failures or what uh, bad things you had, but what we're trying to do is to build this trust and so they will they will have bad thoughts about this, but they will have, hey, this guy uh, had this meeting with us and I feel comfortable with this guy. So I really trust this one and whatever the decision, it will be the best for the company regarding this promotion. Absolutely. And I think you made a key point of talking to two people. So let's use that example of two people um, competing for the same promotion. The best bosses that I experienced, and, and I actually experienced this in a role I was interviewing for, is that the leader brought us both together to say, look, we've not made a final decision yet. But I know one way or another, you'll find out that, you know, this was the other person you were competing, you know, you were competing with this person. So let's not hide the fact that Roberto and Chris are both interviewing for the same job. We know we both went into the office and closed the door and talked for the boss and, and came back out, right? So what the leader did is, is just brought us together and said, look, we're still, there's more interviews to take place. You two are both strong candidates, but there's only one position to fill, you know? So don't, they didn't want to hide, oh, we're, we're talking to Roberto. Don't let Chris know that we're all, and don't let Roberto know Chris is interviewing because sooner or later, one of us gets picked and the other one didn't. And, and I wouldn't want to be, let's say, promoted to the leader, not knowing that you had interviewed it too. And then all of a sudden you're unhappy. And I'm like, why is Roberto so sad? You know, he should be happy for me. I got this promotion. You know, why is he sad? Uh, or vice versa, right? You get it. And I'm like, Roberto, what'd you do to me? And you have no idea why, you know? So I think those kinds of open communications where even 20 years ago, culturally, I would say you wouldn't do that. But nowadays you have to, because with those social networks, People find out what's going on that, that, yeah. you know, people call it gossip, but the reality is I never considered it gossip. It's the culture that's taking place in your business. That's not gossip. That's life. Promotions, acquisitions, demotions, those. I didn't hear you. Uh, you got it on mute. Cut. Okay, great. Retake, sorry there. And so if you don't openly talk to your um, employees and that culture of see being keeping secrets starts to develop, you, then you can't develop trust with your employees. Again, I know you got to have some secrets, but you should have way less secrets than you did 20 years ago in business world because it's part of the culture to communicate. It's not gossip. It's communicating what's happening in your community, which is your, you know, your work environment. It's your community. It's not gossip. It's what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, focusing on that, let's put this example. If an, if an employee reaches you and is being vulnerable to you, and I mean it has some problem, maybe a personal problem, or uh, has frustration regarding a project, <clears throat> it's better for you that these people uh, will tell you this uh, frustration or how does it feel that you found out from someone else that it is not these people. So with this, uh, I want to ask you, do, does it mean that 
uh, the employee is being vulnerable to you, you show your vulnerability as well, or do you uh, put maybe a wall between uh, the employer and, and you will show your vulnerability? My, you know, personally, I try to show my vulnerability. I, I believe I did. Always you could ask my employees and maybe maybe not all of them felt that way, but I felt I was trying to show them where my weaknesses were. I mean, I was one of the first people to always say, I don't understand that, explain it to me. You know more about it. You know, this was to people that reported to me. Supposedly the leader, you know, a lot of people think of the leader knowing everything. I reversed that. Look, I'm a pretty smart guy, but there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And I would always very quickly try and say, I don't understand that. Can you explain it to me better? Because I think when you're open and humane about that kind of stuff as a humane leader, then there's trust that, well, then if they're misunderstanding something that I'm communicating to them, they'll feel more open and vulnerable and be, be safe to tell me, hey, Chris, I don't really understand that. Can you explain it again or try a different way to explain what you need me to do? The, that's the kind of open communication you need to successfully coach people. If, if they're hiding when they're struggling, if they don't feel they can openly communicate with you and, and tell, tell you when they're having trouble, you can't coach as effectively. You can't because then you're only coaching for the problems you see physically. You won't know the, the struggles that they're having um, that you don't actually observe. And unless you're shoulder surfing them, how are you going to know when they're, they're struggling, right? It's got to be that communication. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, and I asked you this because uh, in the previous company, I have a lead. And this guy had really big problems with his wife. And he was being vulnerable uh, with me. So I, I was a really open, I'm still a really open guy. And I showed a, a lot of empathy with him. And he uh, and I uh, began having a strong bond, you know, and uh, when we talked, when we had these one-on-ones, we were really open, and that allowed us to work even better. And one thing that happened, well, I, I will tell you too. Uh, the first one is using the, the word that you said, coach. I was, I, I was beginning to, to be a coach for him because he was really smart. He was more intelligent than myself. He was, <coughs> he has superb knowledge regarding backend way higher than myself, but uh, he showed a lot of uh, um, wisdom, learning about himself when I talked with him because I was being part of, of a coach of certain things that he did, he wasn't. That's the first one. And the second one was that all leads, all heads, and all, um, yes, we were in a leadership uh, seminary. And we had, in, in one exercise, we had to wrote about someone else. We had to wrote about everyone about uh, who was in that uh, seminary. But he wrote to me, that he really appreciated the vulnerability that I had with him. Because with that, he saw where he was. Uh, he saw that he had to fix his problems. 
in order to, you know, to be well as first and second to be productive within the company because he wasn't uh, good at, at all. So I think really uh, building trust with employees is not also having communication and also being a coach. It has to be an empathy uh, factor with it um, to become, uh, uh, to have a, a really good uh, trust with them. I think that, um, you know, being that humane leader, right, our constant theme and our our work that we do to build that trust is on, on ongoing. It, it is all the time. You have to be on your game all the time. Because just like I said, you know, you expressed that empathy to him. But what if he had come to you and that was a day, I don't know, you were angry over something, right? Your your kids broke one of your favorite somethings or they scratched the car or, or you got a traffic ticket for speeding on the way to work and you're in a bad mood. You, you just you always got to be ready to set that aside and say, how can I help you? And and if you don't do those things, you, you, the communication starts to, to break down. They're a little worried. Why is, why is Roberto unhappy? You know, uh, is it something I did? It, you just, uh, I think that the more you can uh, continually plant the seeds, continually be supportive to people and be as honest as you can, then they'll be as honest with you as, as, as they feel comfortable. So you just got to keep doing it all the time, all the time. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And one thing is we're talking right now about our, our reports. But what if we are the report of someone else and these people arrive pissed off because, I don't know, they happen with something and we have a problem, we're going to have this communication. Neither is going to be, uh, uh, we're going to have this trust. And using your words is building trust is <coughs> an ongoing effort that we must um, do on a constantly basis. Not because I have a report and they have to, I don't know, work in some code or the infrastructure, I don't know, or something like that. We had to keep going and going and going because with that, I think we are creating good humans. Not 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 creating, excuse me. We're we're helping humans to become much better leaders, to become more humane persons, and that will help other people that it, it will have an a positive impact among other people. Without a doubt. I, I had an interesting conversation this week with a, a contractor I was working with, and it evolved really around that whole thing, is that if you build that rapport with someone, that it builds because they had a comfortable and good experience with you, and they learned some skills, depending on what it was, and they're more likely to pass that on to somebody else. And it, it kind of is, you know, and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends, right? So it, it just grows. So the better you communicate and build that trust, and maybe you are able to do it with one person first that gives you some skills, they also gain some skills. Then maybe when they're working in some team, they will be a more humane coworker even if they're not a leader yet, you right? You become a more humane coworker and all those skills help. So it, it, it's something that you learn over, over time. You're not gonna learn it in a day. You're not gonna establish trust in a day, but 
you know, it works in a lot of different things. And, you know, this contractor I was working with, it was really like it even evolves into things you're doing outside of work because he found himself doing more for others, like, you know, helping helping the little old lady at the grocery store lift her bags into the car kind of thing. You just become more humane and more communicative. And the world is just a better place because you're you're being more humane and you're communicating in a kinder, more gentle gentler way yeah one thing is <clears throat> when we are in need of something it well uh, and we have we require help one of the first persons we're going to talk to is the one that ha we have the most trust with this person you know and if it's something related to work and you don't know to whom you have to speak is so frustrating and sad. But if the opposite, if you have a problem and you know, okay, I have this problem, I'm going to talk with these people, excuse me, person, or this one, or this lady, or this guy, you know, it's because you have uh, built so much trust that you can talk with them and you will receive a solution, which is something that, you, you, that you're looking for, no? Absolutely, completely agree. I think it's it's kind of um, that kind of trust and rapport is is your personal network, right? Sometimes it's not your boss you're going to for help, but as you've been a humane coworker and you've established trust with your peers, you'll feel more comfortable asking them questions. And they may not know the answer, but they may know the person who does have the answer and will help direct you. And that only happens when you have enough trust and you feel comfortable asking them you know something that maybe you're afraid that everybody thinks i should know this already and they'll feel i'm not an expert if i ask the question but if you build that trust it's okay that you don't know everything and it's okay to ask the questions and get it you know get it right much better to feel comfortable communicating and and asking the question than going forward and doing something wrong or doing a lot of work that was in the wrong direction and now you just wasted you know eight hours 20 hours 40 hours whatever it is going down a path when in reality if you would have communicated maybe you need to do something different right so it is definitely a two-way street both upwards right if i'm reporting to my boss and i'm i'm not sure i'm what i'm supposed to do but i'm going to put 20 hours into it and then i'm going to check with him because i'm afraid to talk to him or don't feel comfortable asking him well then i would have wasted all that time so definitely you got to have some confidence you have to have that trust in the person uh, that you can ask that early on or, or otherwise actually you're probably going to get a lot more stress too you know is that you're you know am i really should i be working on this and uh, you invest all that time and turns out you're right to be nervous about it because it was the wrong thing to be working on <laughs> yeah yeah indeed uh let me add uh, let me add some uh, hard data. I had a, a poll in LinkedIn, and I and I asked which which best practice is the most effective to build trust within your employees. And we have the following: thirty-three um, percent told me there was a, a clear and crystal communication. Twenty percent said uh, growth opportunities. Twenty-three percent said empathy and comprehension 23 percent said acknowledging good work okay so 
uh, all this, among other stuff that we have spoke, are the things that I think are required. And I, and I asked in the Ghana peer community what is required to build trust with employees, and I had <coughs> pretty good uh, answers. One of them was you, that continuous communication. Other people say honesty, honesty, transparency, and both the drive and ability to help, because it is a drive to, to say uh, this. One thing was someone said open discussions and active listening, which is crucial. Active listening is something you, you have to um, listen twice as, and um, speak once uh, to, to have this. And the other one was transparency, being open and honest with employees and empathy by showing understanding and real concern for your employees because real concern is something Really important. People will know, oh man, this guy is just throwing words to me. You know, he, he doesn't really concern. He's just, a, but when you show emotion, when you say, okay, uh, what is going on and everything, people will, in, uh, will see. We we'll see this and they will say, okay, this guy, this lady is really is showing real concern for me. Agreed. I completely agree. Okay, cool. So with this, I think uh, we could do a wrap up unless you have something else to add. Uh, let's see. No, I don't. But, you know, I'm hoping uh, all the listeners and, and those that are viewing also feel comfortable in our communication and can ask us any other questions that they might have in the chats and in the in the uh, comments from YouTube as an example. You know, we're always looking for topics that might you might find helpful. So I'll be a humane leader and open communication and build some trust with the folks that are listening to us. We we really would like to hear from you. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. We hope you found our discussion insightful and informative. Remember, being a humane leader isn't just about being kind and compassionate. It's about being smart and strategic in your approach. So take what you've learned today and apply it to your leadership style and see the positive impact it can have both on your team and your career. And don't forget, you can catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and now on YouTube too. Don't forget to join us next Friday for another episode on how to be a humane leader without losing your job when we'll be discussing how to communicate effectively with your employees. No, that's not right. Shoot. Well, that yeah. wasn't. Oh, shoot, it was right. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> it's okay. Bye bye.